to the second series of the Marathon Medic podcast. My name's Amy and I'm a junior doctor and running coach based in London. This series is all about strong females, so I'll be chatting to women that I look up to with interesting stories and advice to share. So today I'm chatting to Olga Stigny. Olga is a personal trainer and ultra runner with a passion for fitness, food and fun. We sat down to chat about how she became a personal trainer, her experience of finishing as 10th female at Ultra Trail Cape Town last year, and she also shared some tips for individuals beginning their running journeys. So Olga, thank you so much for um, joining me on the podcast. I'm really excited to chat with you. Oh, thank you so much, Amy, for having me. I'm super excited to be here and uh, talking to you because running, strength training, fitness in general, it's something that I leave and breathe every day. So, mm. And I think yeah. that's so evident in everything you do. You can tell that you have such an enthusiasm for it. Could you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your journey into exercise? Right. So I think it's all started way before I realized it's going to be a huge part of my life. Since a little child, I can remember myself being um, hyperactive, um, like literally none of my family could catch up with me. And uh, as a little girl, I used to be uh, quite like all the time um, getting into like things that boys would usually do <laughs> other than girls. So my knees were always like in bruises because I was climbing trees, um, running around playing football and um, just generally like running around. So <laughs> it was always like kind of a thing for me. And I do remember that uh, my mom used to say to me, you you probably should have been a boy other than the girl <laughs> because of the way you behave. And I was like, well, I'm a girl, but this is the way I behave. So that was quite um, um, interesting then to think about it, uh, being a grown up woman, realizing um, what your strengths is in terms of what you do in life and like think back and connect the dots together. Mm-hmm. Um, so then during uh, the school time I used to be quite active as well I used to always like compete in athletics and running short and medium distances like uh, for school um, between schools and stuff so that was very interesting as well and then at some point I unfortunately kind of like at the teenage time um, stopped doing that and uh, went into this like crazy mode of like exploring the world going out um as they say, sex, drugs, and rock and roll kind of <laughs> state, even though I never took drugs. But um, yeah. yeah, so that was for a few years. And then after that, um, I couldn't get into uni of my choice back at home. So this is when I decided to move to London. And um, first plan was to come here and spend a year learning language and learning the culture, going back home and then um, trying again to get uh, into uni. And back then I wanted to study to become a lawyer and the law school that I picked was quite tough, especially on the female. It was like quite disappointing um, time for me because I was heartbroken when after passing all the physical tests and the exams they were like talking to me and telling me like what's going to happen with you after like you have family and kids and then you have to take time off work and I was like what I can't believe that how long ago was that yeah this is what we have like it was about 
14 years ago. Um, and then my aunt, um, who still lives in London, invited me to come around and just to explore. And I said yes, and here I am, 12 years after. 12 years after. <laughs> and now you're a very strong runner and personal trainer. So what, what kind of took you from that passion for law to passion for personal training? Because they're quite different career paths. Yes, and I have been asked this question many times. So after after staying in London for a year, learning a language and uh, the culture, and at that time I got myself a job looking after kids, which I loved. Some, something mm-hmm. that was always inside me, I love kids. Mm-hmm. So, um, And that, then it was time to decide whether I'm going to go back or I, whether I'm going to stay. And the first year was super hard for me because I haven't had many friends. My English wasn't great. So I was like always um, sticking around people from the Ukraine. So mm-hmm. um, I found it tough to find friends and I kind of struggled. But then I always uh, knew that the future back home didn't excite me. Uh, that much so even though I was planning to go back I decided to stay for one more year and the second year was much easier because by then I had more friends uh, my English got much better um, and I started to hang out with English people more which <laughs> helped big times and I started to be interested in fashion and design and interior design so I decided to take um course with first I started with a Chelsea art school where I did interior design course with them still it wasn't like 100% me and I was trying to find myself trying different things and um, while I was doing that I started to be interested um, in running again Uh, but I didn't know where to start Like I usually say, no regrets in life. Only one regret I have. I used to, as a teenager, I used to smoke. If I had a choice, I would never touch it. Um, So, but hey, um, you can't change past, but you can change the future. And um, the best thing is just to live in present and learn from your mistakes. I was like, um, I want to start running again but I was so afraid because like I was smoking for such a long time and I was like oh my god I will like be breathless Mm -hmm. within like few uh, minutes Uh, and that was true one morning I was running for the bus (laughs) it was like literally two minutes and it was like at the bus stop and I wanted to like really get it and I run really fast and I did get it but then I almost like I was so breathless it was scary and I was like oh my god I have to change things I have yeah. to like like a wake-up call that you need to start looking exactly I was like oh my god it's it's not cool at all so yes that that was kind of the first thing uh, which kind of brought me back to running and I remember going out for the first time I couldn't run without stopping for 10 minutes it was shocking like first 10 minutes I had to stop because I was gasping for air it was like unbelievable so then I had this like path along the parkway and um, I had that there are beautiful trees all around so I started by like okay let's run to the second tree walk to the third tree and and this is how I kind of every time I went out measured my progress Um, and obviously I had started to smoke less then and at some point I went to smoking only when I went out and Mm -hmm. had a drink um so it was on and off one day I was coming back from 
St. Martin's on my bike and I had my accident on my bike and this has kind of changed everything. So in one second, you realize there could be no tomorrow, right? It's, it's end, <laughs> game is over. Um, but um, it took me a long time to recover. It was quite nasty accident. Um, it, it literally left me um, mentally and physically quite unwell for some time. And I couldn't open my eyes because my face was so swollen. Like, luckily I had helmet on and I am getting so angry with people now who's not wearing helmets because mm. it's actually saved my life. If I haven't had a helmet on, I wouldn't be here. So they took me to the hospital. The hospital is absolutely incredible. I went to um, Tuting, uh, um St. George's. St. George's. Yes, here we go. <laughs> So this is where they treated me and I I am so grateful. Like yeah. the staff, everything was just so perfect. I, I I was like, oh my God, I couldn't believe. Like they did such a good job and they took such a great care of me and I'm still grateful. Um, what they had to do, they put like a metal thingy around my upper jaw and it really was unpleasant. I couldn't look in the mirror for like three months. I was afraid. Mm -hmm. And I asked everyone to take all the mirrors uh, from the house when I moved back and like going to the bathroom was like no mirrors hide them all I just can't take that when after four months I couldn't do that no more and I just decided like I had to stop yeah I had to stop taking medicine I had to stop feeling sorry for myself and I have to start to get out and just leave my life because it has to continue I'm still here I'm lucky to be here so I just have to go and do it I signed up for the um, hot yoga class because they said to me, like, no running and no physical activity, no jumping, no nothing. I don't know why I went for hot. I was about like, to say hot yoga seems the most extreme version of yoga. I am the person like that. I either do it something extreme or I do nothing. Um, they are not always good choices, though. Yeah. Um, and I barely survived. I had to leave the room once during mm -hmm. the session. But I took it easy and I did finish the class and I felt so much better after. I like I had a massive smile on my face walking back home and I just felt like I am alive again, mm -hmm. being able to do something. Um, and then after that, I was like, right, so what really makes you happy? What really brings joy in your life? I always loved helping other people and I love sports. So how can I combine those things together? Um, and I was doing my research online, Googling me many different things. And I came across Future Fit Training Academy and they had an open day in East London Uni for, for their um, personal trainer course. So I went to the open day on the day I signed up for the full thing. And uh, yeah. And you've been doing that ever since? I never looked back. That's really nice to hear. And I think actually as I was listening to you I I kind of think of being a lawyer and being a personal trainer is so different but actually when you said that you love helping people I think that's the link isn't it, it is maybe it is yeah so it's it's definitely like this time I felt a hundred percent myself mm -hmm. and this time I anytime I opened a book and I was like totally into it and I was so 
engaged and focused and I would get up every morning like at five o'clock I'll do like two hours of studying before work and then I go to work and then I come back and I do another like two hours of studying before going to bed and I was like always trying to like learn from different uh, areas like asking people many questions I remember I had a client and uh, she was going through some kind of injury, her neck injury or something, and uh, she was going to the physios and trying to sort it out. And I was like always asking her, what is it? What specific muscle it is? Like what movement do you have to do? And I was always like very uh, much into like questioning and trying to learn like a sponge, soaking all the information from anywhere I could um, at that time. So yeah, it took me two years to complete the course and um, I was doing that I was also like into running more I started to so from 10 minutes barely could run I started to run like five kilometers races and then 10 kilometer races but first one ever I done after this like couldn't run for 10 minutes I went online and being like the individual I am like going radical straight away I booked myself into like Epsom 10 mile race mm -hmm. And I remember arriving to the start line and I couldn't believe I'm here wearing my like little number and it was raining and the weather was so miserable. And back then I couldn't, I did not know what 10 mile was. Like I was like, had you done any training at this point? No, you just, no, no, you no, just no. signed just, up. Okay. I just signed up. And I, was like, I was dying during that run. I was dying so bad. And then, um, ups, um, Epsom Downs, they are up and down, up and mm -hmm. down roads. So it's like a lot of uphill, downhill, even though they're not very steep, but still. So I went running and like first going through paces, really pushing hard, thinking, oh my God, I can run the whole thing going so fast. And then after like 15 minutes, I'm realizing it's not going to be easy. And it's not even like, you know, like one, two Ks. It's another like, what, it's 16K run. It's like a lot. So I struggled big times, but after that race, I fell in love with running even more because of the people who run the mm -hmm. race. Oh my God. I got so much support th from the runners. Like I remember the guy like being so much older than myself, like running really strong and like running past me and just like, girl, just keep going. You can do this. Like, just keep going. Don't stop. Just keep going. And I was like, okay, I will. Okay, I will. But I'm dying now. He was like, just keep going. So, and with that wise, like stayed in my head throughout the whole yeah. run. And I was like, oh my God, thank you, man. And then he disappeared. <laughs> um, and then I, I, I literally run, walk, run, walk. I didn't run the full thing. It was, it was good time now thinking about it. I did 10 miles in one hour and 20 minutes. Wow, are you serious? Yeah. I'm so impressed with that. I was thinking, <laughs> the way you just told that story, I was thinking it was going to be a really long time. Exactly. This is so you're obviously quite a natural fit runner, I would say. I that. had no idea then yeah. what that meant. Like, I was like, 120? Like, it's just, just what, good, bad? What it Like, what is it? Like, I don't know. I felt so bad during the run so that I thought like I will be the last one so my only the goal was not mm -hmm. to be the last person in the race <laughs> so yeah and then I researched more and started running more and it was like that wasn't actually bad I start running more and more mm -hmm. and progress to whatever it is now and um I guess we should talk about the big race of last year which was UTCT 
Um, yeah. Would you be able to tell the listeners a little bit about that race? It's one of the best experiences of my life that I ever had. And it had a history, as um, you can imagine. Um, I did this race twice. I was asked by Jordi, beautiful Jordi, um, to if I want to join him and a few other friends to go to Cape Town to do this race. And I was like, well, sure. Even though I didn't look at the distance or elevation or anything like that. Let's go. <laughs> so so um, the, the distance is 100k and it's over 14,000 feet elevation, I think. Is that right? It is. Yeah. It it's is. It's a big race. It is mm. a big race. And you could sign up for like 35 and 65. And I was like, no, if I'm going that far, I'm running the whole distance without knowing what that meant. Hey ho. I was like, yeah, I'm doing it. And then um, that year, it was 2018. That year, we, as a group of friends, were trying to get to Ultra Trail Mont Blanc as a team. Mm -hmm. So we all signed up for Dorset Ultra Marathon, which was um, 73 kilometers long, long. So it was my first ever ultra marathon. Um, so the UTCT was in november and that race was in october so that was my longest run um before that and it was my first ever trail um ultra marathon that i ever done uh, so that was fun but i think the difference was that it was uk it was raining <laughs> it was muddy the hills were tough but doable and also friends mm -hmm. like we had so many friends around like literally we almost knew everyone because a lot of like minute runners a lot of other running communities dorset is not far so yeah. a lot of people that we know were running it as well um so that race went really well i did enjoy it a lot so i was like i surely can do it like surely can do it and then um i think i didn't take seriously enough what that race is um in 2018 and going to Cape Town that year uh, was amazing. Never been to South Africa before then. And then um, we had this beautiful five days pre of the race exploring the country. And um, probably big mistake was next time, never do that. Um, <laughs> Enjoy it after the race. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's it. Because we didn't want to miss out on anything. And mm -hmm. South Africa is very famous for its amazing food and awesome wine. So you want to experience both um, when you go out and eat and also like culture and different um, places. Um, Chamspeak Drive is my one of my favorite drives. Like the scenery is just amazing. Um, so yeah, we had like five beautiful days enjoying ourselves um, and learning about the country. And then the race was on Saturday morning starting at 4 a.m we all were super like i was super stressed and i know all of us were super stressed so we it was four of us running it and we all overdid on, on electrolytes pre the race was starting so the day before we were drinking so much water and we were like putting so many electrolytes in that because we were afraid it's going to yeah. be like so hot we will lose all the salts and blah 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 blah, blah. did all the research like you should drink the electrolytes pre the race and i was like yes sure but you don't drink like the full <laughs> packet of it like it's we just too much okay we just we like were just far. so nervous about it and because of all this like 
excitement and um, thinking about the race. You can't really sleep the night before. So even though like you go to bed early and totally we had too much food before we went to bed. But you learn from what yeah. you do, I guess. Um, and then start line, 4am, you're there. You kind of like, you have this feeling inside you that your heart just going to like jump out just seeing all the people at mm. the start line bearing the hat torches the like race director briefing you through how it's going to be uh looking at the route and imagining running it which was like oh my god how it's going to be like it's it was insane i can't even describe the feeling and then we started and there we go so the race didn't go well to start with for me in 2018. I was like, um, first 20 kilometers, beautiful. Like I had a blast. And then going up the table mounting, for me, it was super easy. I I loved that, but probably went too hard. This is why I paid for it um, after after running across it and on the way down. So something, something happened to my knee or I was imagining because at some point you kind of quite often being too sensitive um, during the long distance races and you do go through many different stages but then one of the stages like a pain threshold is much mm. lower so you feel things in your body that you probably on a daily basis never would pay attention to um, so I was like oh my god my knee's hurting what it's only like 25 30 kilometers what what's that and then pain was coming and going coming and going uh so i had this like moments where i was like running really fast and steady and then i had the moments where i like couldn't run and it was quite early in the race and i was like that is not right like that is not right it's like still a lot to go i was so frustrated with myself because i knew there, there was a cut um um cut off time at 35 kilometers uh, this is where they see who can actually yeah. compete a complete 100 i think what's the cutoff time there's about is it 17 hours i think you have to complete for the it? full race yeah. yes but then you have to run 35 kilometers in five and a half hours or six hours something like that okay so you if can kind you, of feel the pressure as you yeah, get to these yeah, points yeah they are very smart during that race because it's a super hard race mm -hmm. and if you can't run 35 in that time they estimated that you can't yeah complete the 100k which is sensible yeah. yeah you don't want someone who can't run that distance in that time being in the mountains risking their mm -hmm. lives because it is super dangerous like you do run on some path that you'd like literally look down and you think oh my god i can't believe i'm running here mm -hmm. but this is the beauty of it as well i absolutely loved it um so then yes i didn't make a cutoff time uh, for 35k okay and it was a heartbreaking yeah I can, well especially when you're traveling so far and you're with a group there's a lot of expectation isn't there yes yes and it was super hot day as well and i think it it, it was more to do with the weather and definitely thinking back not enough of a right training approach for mm -hmm. that kind of race um and um, so literally when I'm approaching 35 kilometers and they're looking at the watch and I overrun by only four minutes. So they just crossed the 100 number on my, num on my number, race number, and I literally cried. I sat there for like 20 minutes. I cried my, my eyes out and I was like, I'm not running this race. Um, it's done for me now. I'm here to run 100, not 65. Um, but then like, you have to just pull yourself oh, yeah. together and keep going. There is like... 
no point of feeling sorry for yourself you know people who deserve to run 100k like i literally admire them for it because it's super tough race as you were there getting upset at, at that news were other people coming through and could you see them being told the same thing and absolutely reactions? yes mm. absolutely yes but none of like none of them reacted the way I did <laughs> that I've seen I can just I can just imagine a scene of runners breaking down I was like I was so disappointed I was yeah. so upset with myself and at that time I should be more upset with myself than the race volunteers but at that point you can't help if yeah. you're upset with them then I did understood that was like it it's only me yeah you know it's not them they just there to do their work and they do their work really really well race is so incredibly organized uh so well supported uh it's just the best race ever I have run so far so yeah so then I'm like decided okay just go and run 65 it's still a fair distance and it's still like quite a long way to go mm, so. yeah, <laughs> and you have painful knees you know you just like couldn't run downhill and we joined with more um kind of energized runners who did only 35 and they were all like buzzing and like being super happy and super like come on let's go and I was like yes let's go so it's kind of picks you up it's contagious isn't it the atmosphere absolutely so then I completed the 65k I felt great on the finish line um but then straight after I crossed the line in 2018 I knew I will be back for it I had already created master plan in my head on the way back from Cape Town to London um and I registered for the race again uh, as soon as the entry was open. But then this time I trained so hard for the full year because I knew what's what to expect and I knew how hard it is. Focused on it so hard that I hardly had any social life then. So I remembering like after work going to the sauna just to do the heat adaptation training for like an hour okay I, yeah I didn't even think about doing that so you'd go to the sauna and do exercises in the sauna or no just stay just, there oh just sit in the heat yeah okay just sit in the heat so your body adapts to the heat um how often were you doing that so the apparently the heat adaptation training you can train quite quickly but you can lose quite quickly so there is okay. no point of doing that like way ahead before the race so I was doing that for the last months before I was going um but then the running wise my distance was increasing so much every weekend yeah this is when I did my runs uh, long runs so then I just haven't had in any energy or time to go out and it's a huge sacrifice if you want to dedicate yourself to a big event whether that's an ultra even a marathon yeah you have to give up so much oh, so I actually wanted true. to ask you how did you train for a race that's so far on trails and has huge elevation when you're living in London yeah I actually wanted to write about it one day but <laughs> maybe it will still happen um so how to train it for UTCD while you live in London well first thing first I planned few races abroad mm -hmm. i did bergamo ultramarathon which was in july and i did um cappadocia um 65 kilometer trail in october okay so those two training races that i've done apart from that i was getting trained at london bridge at 6 a.m or 7 a.m in the morning every sunday morning and i was going to um 
Surrey Hills. Yeah. And just like running around Surrey Hills for like 50, 60 kilometers, um, no matter rain or sun, I was there. Um, so that helped me a lot for my long runs. But I did do quite a lot of strength training because I knew like strength training is must have element of your mm-hmm. um training for ultra trail um runs because you you rely on it so much um not just like lower body must be strong but your upper body must be so strong to make sure that you're like can hold yourself free for any kind of challenge because during the cape town there is like one section where you literally have to climb up the rocks um and there are like uphills some of them are so steep that you can't believe and then you all also have like uh, running on the beach and then running in the mountains up the mountains down the mountains uh climbing the rocks some of the rocks you run on are so unstable that you like have to really be careful what you do and if you like try to run relatively fast it's just super important to be aware of your body and have a strong body to get you through it mm-hmm. so i did three strength training sessions per week I had one steady medium run. Medium run usually would be something, anything between 20 to 30 kilometers, sometimes 15. It depends on the day how much time I had. And then I had a, um, it's not a speed session. So I call it speed session. But what I did, I combined um, three different things because I knew that like for this kind of runs, you have to have diverse um ability to move in different ways so i combined my speed training with it included treadmill but uphill or okay. with elevation followed by rowing and followed by stem master so i would spend like it depends i had different um trainings on different days but usually it would be like something three minutes on the rower then three minutes on the uh, stairmaster then three minutes on treadmill and i would play with timings and i would play with pace as well um, during those runs and i would do that like three four times five times if i had enough time so a lot of cross training Absolutely. i think ultras are so much different to road running aren't they they do require that that strength and agility as well and being able to jump over rocks and brambles, you need to be strong. Were there specific exercises that you used for that or kind of your general exercises you used? Do you think they're all good for running? They're specific running exercises? Absolutely. Uh, One of my go-to, I always say, I do a lot of unilateral exercises, whether it's a single leg deadlift or uh, just a single leg dive, which is like you stand on the platform with one leg and you just literally like squat but making sure your knee follows your toes it doesn't go in or out that's the main thing um and then i do quite a lot of things like um lunges with weights squats with weights and leg presses um also like single leg presses um not much of a plyometric training because you do that while you run a lot Mm -hmm. as well because this is what you do, uh, but definitely a lot of unilateral exercises because we spent running all the time on one leg yeah, only. That's so true. Um, and usually most of us, we have muscular imbalance. One leg would be stronger than the other. So before any race like that, you just figure out which 
leg is stronger, which one is weaker, and you pay attention to that weak leg big times just to try to balance um, things out in both legs. Um, and then, yes, the only one way to become better at running is to run. Mm -hmm. So just to run as much as you can um, and just do heel training. Heel training, another massive thing. Did you incorporate just hill reps, so just going up and down hills, or did you try and just do your long runs that were hilly so that you had it within your running? No, heels, I did heel reps. Heel reps. I do like heel reps, but then I do them in London and I go anywhere else in this country or others and I realise how tiny the hills I'm running up are. Yeah. It is, it is tough. It is, it is. But it's doable. Mm -hmm. It's doable. And uh, you, you said that when you were doing all of that training, obviously you have to sacrifice a lot of your personal life. What motivated you to keep going? Because you, you said that you were doing that for about a year, training. There must have been times where you were feeling like, you know, why am I doing this? Why am I giving up seeing this friend? And how did you push through and, and keep training? When I set myself a goal, I am very focused on it. Um, so this is probably my biggest strength I have in me. Um, I would do whatever it takes to make it happen. But also I just knew for myself, I needed to put all into that training to know I have done everything I could to, mm -hmm. the, to run the race. Um, and I think with, with running, I also have a very meaningful relationship to me um, because I realize running for me now, it's like connection between me and um, my dad, who I never met in my life he passed away before I was born and as a little girl I used to like run around and kind of imagining myself that he kind mm -hmm. of chasing me and um, before each race I do I kind of have a little chat to him and um, during the race probably still so it's kind of like it, it, it connects me with him on some level um, during the run so this is why probably one of the like biggest reasons why I run because I just feel good running. I think it's so important to have that reason that yeah, and make sure we're doing it for the right reasons as well. Yeah, totally. I, I love it. I, it. And don't, don't get me wrong. It's just, it is hard. Mm. It's not easy thing to do, but it just gives me so much pleasure. I feel like I achieved something for myself within myself. Um, and if I can see my body being so strong and do such incredible things that like running a hundred kilometers in Cape Town, if you talk to me about it, like five years ago, I would say like, no, you're mad. I'll never mm -hmm. do that. Like, you know, but it is doable. And then after completing this, you think, I wonder what else my body yeah. can do. You know what, like how, how much more can I push it? And again, it has to be a healthy way of seeing these things because it can be sometimes too much. You just have to know your body well enough to understand what is too much and what is just right amount. So for me, running is physical and mental therapy. Another thing that I see doing things that I'm doing they actually do inspire people. Like even though like my clients that are always like talking to me, I can't believe you do this. I can't believe you do that. We just have this amazing connection because I always say that only a runner can understand runner because you kind of share a lot of similar experiences and you go through them together during different races and you just, you just know um, what they're talking about uh, without needing 
to explain. Um, and then when they come back to me saying, oh, I just did my PB running 50K or I just did my PB running 5K. And I was like, oh my God, well done, kudos to you. You understand the feeling. It's it's incredible. And it's it's like, it gives me so much joy. The best reward that I can get from my job is just seeing my clients um, getting their goals and smashing their PBs. But it's not always about that. I have some clients who have like different goals and it's also as incredible as it is mm-hmm. and can be. A lot of people have limited abilities of do certain things and I realize how lucky we are to have this um, awesome thing in our body that we can run uh, because some people can't because of like certain injuries that they have and um, and we should be totally grateful for it but when like some of the clients have like a goal to do one press up or do one pull up or or just mentally it helps them big times they are just getting away from their desk they like spending one hour doing what they have to do but then you can see them coming in with like a very like unhappy face and work stress and um whatever might be happening in their life at that point but after each session you see a completely different person like you know with a smile feeling like oh, great now i can keep going um and it just gives me motivation and power to like keep going and keep delivering as much as I can to uh, people I work with and I just totally love what I do Mm, I can I can see it so clearly and um obviously we've just come through lockdown and got to the other side and you've had to do your online videos and kind of adapt what you've done what have you learned through that process and how have you felt doing that well I think again it was super scary super scary but relating to back to UTCT race uh because when i started the race it was completely different experience like we didn't eat Mm -hmm. so much and so late we didn't drink electrolytes uh as much as we did the year before um everything was just so different we just knew what we had to do everything was so much better like organized prepared in terms of our personal preparation and uh, the race went super well like the whole race was just an incredible thing is that all the hard work you put in it pays off. Mm. Um, and now this year, I knew what to expect. So I kind of knew how hard yeah. I needed to train to be prepared for it mentally and physically. And I did all that. Uh, and what I wanted to say is you have to respect the, the long distance running because you just, you, just, you just go through so many different stages in your mind that you just can't think that you can do it because you can do some other things like, yeah. you know, running a marathon or lift whatever weight you lift no way you have to like train yourself um so consistently and specifically for the trail runs like that one Uh, you can't just assume that you can do it it's not because it's not not just distance it's the mind it's what's underfoot it's the the hours on your feet absolutely the nutrition side of things there's so many different elements that are so different from a road race and road races should be respected as well but the ultras are road races totally totally now when you like if you ask me any question about road races i would be like it's in the past i loved it (laughs) but i'm over that i never say that i'm not going to run a road races again but it's super like it's super hard work Mm. and um, i admire any athletes that runs road races and they totally awesome keep going guys but for me i think it's it's in the past i love trails so much that i'm just gonna like doing trails for now but 
never say never, I never know what uh, is going to happen. But during the COVID and relating to it again to the race, I think that race taught me so much about myself. Like I can, I can do so many things and I can overcome so many things. So when the lockdown happened, I remember that Friday when they announced that the gyms are going to be closed and um, I was like, oh my God, what's going to, what's going to happen? Mm. What's going to, what, what am I going to do? Like, how, how am I going to operate? Like, what am I going to do with my clients? Like, how, how are we going to be like connected? What's going to happen? So that day I was so stressed and I just had no idea like how it's going to be. But then the next day I was like, you, in each challenge, you have to see an opportunity because otherwise you just, you just start to slide down other than Mm -hmm. climb up. Um, so I had to, again, pull myself together quickly and then draft the plan, what, what I'm going to do, what's going to happen. Um, I kept training my clients, uh, virtually, but then I had more time to actually do what I was always planning to, but never had time for, because I was like so busy in the gym with the clients all the time that I never really had time to leave my life. But because I love my job so much, Mm -hmm. I did not mind that. But I also wanted to transition my personal training to online training and do like a hybrid version, have like half and half online, half in person. But I never really had enough time to sit down and actually do it. So the lockdown gave me that time and um, I had to act quickly and set everything up super quickly. So... I just sat down there one evening and I was like, right, this is what we're doing now. This is how it's going to be. So I had to do it and I had no choice and I did it. And it just feels so different, but so great to have that other option if I needed to. And uh, I still love uh, personal training uh, face-to-face. And I probably for the next, I don't know how many years, wouldn't stop doing that because I do enjoy that a lot. And today, going back to the gym for the first time after four months, I realized that even more, um, like, because people were asking me whether you will go back to the gym. And I was like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. And then today, entering the gym and doing my first client uh, at 7 a.m. in the morning, I was like, oh my God, I love this so much. I miss <laughs> this back home. feeling. Yes, I'm back home. But totally do enjoy online training as well. Mm. Online training just gives me a little bit more freedom to do other things in life that I like, yeah. not necessarily related to work. So it's given you a bit of your time back. And I think yeah. also online classes are a good way to reach more people than you would be able to in a one-to-one yes. session. And people can just tap in and out as they need because life's so busy. So having those online classes has been really, Absolutely. really useful. Absolutely. Um, so I was just hoping to end with uh, the one piece of advice you would give to people that are new to running or new to strength training and going to the gym what your advice would be for getting started for getting started um running wise would definitely say never give up because as you heard my story i thought i couldn't run for Mm -hmm. more than 10 minutes and just because i was very kind of dedicated and wanted to I didn't stop even though I struggled um so never give up when you start uh, because starting is always hard but the main thing is to take that first step but also be mindful with um the way you take that first step because a lot of people start too fast or they run for too long um your body have to get used to it um so just start easy start with run walk approach or jog walk approach and then just build up slowly don't 
go all out and then never go back to it because this is the mistake that many people make yeah and I think it's so easy when you start you might feel like you can go faster but you really need to rein it in and build that base that's strong yeah it it takes a while to build that up just to avoid future injury and absolutely yes and then suddenly hating running because you think yeah yeah a lot of people telling me I hate running and I was like why do you hate running like because I can't run it's so painful I tried once and I was like you tried once and how did you try so and we always go back to the same thing they just went all out from the first Mm -hmm. time and obviously you would hate something that hurts your body but if you start the right way and build up slowly then you will find the joy of it Um, so definitely just don't give up and start slow and build up uh, slowly and gradually. In terms of strength training, I uh, would definitely advise if you are a beginner, uh, seek a professional um, help mm-hmm. because strength training is different in that way. You have to know what you're doing um, yeah. if you are super new to it. But if you can't um, or don't want for some reason to have that, before you start, just look at a lot of um, YouTube videos just to know what you're doing. Um, Make sure you have mirror in front of you so you can see your form or film yourself and just look back. And if you're looking into doing like a strength weight training, start with super lightweight and just make sure you get the form right before you uh, progress. Because again, it's super easy uh, to injure yourself if you don't know what you're doing. Just start with simple things, compound moves like squats, um, lunges, um, and also I would Definitely advice for beginner to use the machines more than free weights to start with. Yeah, a bit more controlled. Exactly, yeah. That's great. Thank you so much. That's been really interesting. And I've definitely learned a lot that I didn't know about you before. So thank you for sharing all of that. (laughs) My pleasure. It was a pleasure talking to you too. Thanks. A big thank you to Olga for joining me on today's podcast. You can follow Olga on Instagram by searching olgastigny underscore fitness. She shares loads of great workout videos and live sessions if you want to join in. I'll be back next week with another episode of the podcast and you can follow me using the handle at MarathonMedic or by searching marathonmedic.com. Thanks.